Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 59, part six of a series about all things sugar. I'm Shelley Rael and the host of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist for over 20 years, and today I'm going to talk about sugar alcohols. So if you haven't been listening to this series about sugar, I encourage you to listen to the other five episodes because it provides a whole context foundation of the different aspects of sugar from understanding that carbohydrates, or I should say sugars are carbohydrates, but not all carbohydrates are sugars. Distinguishing the difference between natural and added sugars the types of added sugars, and then the low-calorie sweeteners or what are sometimes referred to as the non-nutritive or artificial sweeteners. So if you're unfamiliar with sugar alcohol, first I want to clarify that this is not the kind of sugar that you find in alcohol, like distilled spirits, beer, or wine. So if somebody is avoiding alcohol specifically, then they don't necessarily, they don't need to avoid sugar alcohols because sugar alcohols are not the drug. They are a substance as defined in chemistry as an alcohol. So people who um, need to or desire to avoid alcohol do not need to avoid sugar alcohols because they are not the same substances. However, continue to listen to see where you might be getting sugar alcohol, what foods might have them, and any potential issues related to sugar alcohols. Now, sugar alcohols are a substance that do provide a sweet taste. However, They provide about half the calories of sugar and other carbohydrates. So one gram of carbohydrate, whether it's a starch or sugar, provides four calories per gram when sugar alcohols have about two calories per gram. The other thing about sugar alcohols, it doesn't contribute to tooth decay. So when we have sugar it feeds the bacteria that contributes to tooth decay or cavities. And sugar alcohols do not feed that bacteria that contributes to tooth decay. So because of this, because of this aspect of sugar alcohols not contributing to cavities or tooth decay, it is often used in chewing gum, like sugarless gum. And if you look at a package of chewing gum that's labeled as sugarless, it will also say that it's not a calorie-free food. And as a kid, this would confuse me. The double negative threw that off, or I should say something that is calorie-free, but it's not calorie-free. That means it has calories. So there are calories in your chewing gum. It's not a lot, but just mentioning that's what that means there is that the sugar alcohols that may be found in, not maybe, they're usually found in the sugarless gums, is does provide a small amount of calories, so it's not calorie-free. 
Also, sugar alcohols tend to be used in mouthwash and toothpaste. This stuff would taste nasty. I also think it already tastes nasty, but it would taste worse, likely. It's my opinion it would taste worse. It probably wouldn't be used if it didn't have some flavor to it that was somewhat pleasant. Now, granted, most of us are not drinking mouthwash. Most of us are not eating toothpaste because that's potentially harmful. But that is a source of sugar alcohols. It's not going to contribute much since we aren't consuming that. We do spit it out. Now, sugar alcohols are often used in what are called or what are labeled as sugar-free candies or other sugar-free products mostly marketed to individuals who have diabetes because sugar alcohol also does not increase blood glucose or blood sugar levels. Now, how do I identify sugar alcohols? Well, there's a couple ways. One, the ingredients list, which tells all, although for a lot of people, they don't understand what that says, and the nutrition facts panels. Now, the names of sugar alcohols are pretty easily recognized because they end in O-L or T-O-L. So here's some of the sugar alcohols. It includes erythritol, malitol, I should say maltitol, I guess is what it, how it say it properly, mannitol, sorbitol, xylitol, and the outlier that doesn't have the TOL at the end, isomalt. Now, the ones that I tend to see most often are erythritol, sorbitol, and xylitol. But any of these could be in a food that you buy or something that you buy that has sugar alcohols. Now, on the nutrition facts panel, you can look under the carbohydrates and to see if sugar alcohols is listed. And if it isn't listed, there's no sugar alcohols. But if they are in the food, they are in that product, it is required information. So this confuses people sometimes because they're like, well, this doesn't say it has sugar alcohols. Well, that's because there's no sugar alcohols in that food product. However, if it does have sugar alcohols, it is required to be there. But it is not required to be listed if it's not in there. So that's something that throws people off because the, the Nutrition Facts panel has the required information. But it also will say if, if there, there's not that ingredient or that substance in there, specifically sugar alcohols, it's not required to be listed as zero. So pretty much anything, pretty much anything that is marketed as a sugar-free alternative to a sugar-sweetened food. So something that has a sweet taste, so let's say sugar-free caramels, for example. Double check the ingredients list and or the nutrition facts panel. So there's plenty of foods that don't have sugar alcohols in it and things that are sugar-free that obviously don't have sugar in them naturally. What I'm saying is like if you see a soda or a candy or something that you expect to be sweet, but it says it's sugar-free, double check. 
And it's not because anything's harmful, but again, because just I want you to be informed of what you're having. So there's plenty of foods and food items that have sugar alcohols in them that you may not realize. So here's a couple examples. I recently received stevia samples. So I get samples from various food companies and I disclose that when it's when it's appropriate or when I do write about it. But I received these stevia samples and I've also purchased um, a non-nutritive sweetener instead of sucralose, which is the one I prefer. And after one try, never used it again, not because of the taste, but because of the presence of sugar alcohol. Both times I tried that, I was caught unaware more than once. And another time, this was many years ago, probably 15 or more, I received samples of a canned meal replacement shake from the company. And when I say canned meal replacement shake, if you were around in the 80s or early 90s, you might know what I'm talking about. You could buy it at the grocery store or um, the drugstore and... Um, it's like have two of these a day and then one meal and you'll lose all kinds of weight. So anyway, I got this sample of these meal replacement shakes. Didn't really think much of it. I stashed them in my cubicle at work, not really thinking much about it. And then one day I had a health fair that I had to drive to that was like 40 miles away. I'd forgotten my lunch. It was at a very rural location. So basically I didn't have food and there wasn't a place to go purchase food very easily. So I had one of these meal replacement shakes instead. So I had grabbed it as I had left my office that morning and had that and never, ever, ever again. So I'll explain why in just a minute. It's not saying that you need to avoid sugar alcohols, but be aware of the potential negative consequences. Are there negative consequences? As I said, potential. See, part of the reasons that sugar alcohols have fewer calories per gram is that in the small intestines, we do not absorb them well. And when the small intestines don't absorb things well, as I say, this is where most of the magic happens in digestion. That's where we absorb most of our nutrients. If it's not absorbed well, then these nutrients tend to like want to get out of dodge, evacuate the body pretty quickly. So if you think about that for a minute, you eat something, the small intestines like, okay, we don't like this, let's get rid of it fast. What's going to happen? The way I say it is, if we overeat sugar alcohol, and it's going to be different for different people, some people can tolerate it a lot better than others, but sugar alcohols can have a laxative-like effect. So this laxative-like effect means gas, bloating, upset stomach, and diarrhea. And there are warnings on some of these foods that have sugar alcohols. So just to clarify here, the dose varies by the person. So the reaction, I wouldn't say it's harm, but that side effect, that laxative-like effect varies by the individual. So it could be a single packet of stevia that has sugar alcohol in it, or one teaspoon of a sweetener that has sugar alcohol in it. 
And then if that affects the person with one teaspoon or one packet, imagine what a 12-ounce can of meal replacement shake would do. Or don't. You don't have to. Let's just say after I had that meal replacement shake, I was like, I see why people lose weight. They don't feel good. They have the negative effects. They don't want to eat for a day. I'm joking in part, but it was not a pleasant experience. Recognizing that not everyone has this, or maybe people just aren't talking about it. As a dietitian, I tell people all the time, I talk about bodily functions. I can talk about it, but if I have to see, smell, or touch it, I am not part of that process. Thank you to those who work in facilities that take care of that part of it for us. So I also tell people, if you eat half a package of sugar-free candies, what kind of side effect will that have? See, people have this idea, if there's a sugar-free candy, they can eat two or three times as much. Now, there are people who can consume this sugar replacement or sugar alcohols without these adverse consequences, or they just don't care, or they just don't make the connection. I don't always ask people about that. But I'll just say this. If you take a look um, at the reviews on Amazon for the Haribo sugar-free gummy gold bears, it is hilarious. And they're really funny because it apparently a lot of people do have those negative effects, the GI distress, the laxative-like effect with these sugar alcohols. And that just happens to be a relatively popular um, place that people can look at to see what the effects are there. Now, to clarify, not all stevia packets have sugar alcohols. However, I do find a lot of them do have it because stevia has somewhat of a different taste on its own. So, I mean, I would use stevia more personally, but I tend to have a hard time finding them without the sugar alcohols in there. And on another note, as a dog owner, I'm extra cautious of having sugar alcohols in my home. For one, I mean, my dogs don't have free access to my food or human food, although they act like they're entitled to it. However, sugar alcohol is toxic to dogs, specifically xylitol. So like there's special doggy toothpaste without sugar alcohol. Don't ask how I know this. And there's plenty of stories on the internet of people who have had very sad outcomes because their dogs got a hold of something that had sugar alcohol in it. Now, I am not saying to avoid sugar alcohol. However, be aware that some people are susceptible to that negative side effect. And I say negative side effect because to me that is a negative side effect. If laxative-like effect and GI distress is not negative to you, that's fine. Or if you don't have that effect, great. So keep in mind, if you might become more aware now that this is an effect or that there's sugar alcohol and make the connection now, 
And I'm not saying to stop using toothpaste or mouthwash. That is your decision. I don't eat toothpaste, so I don't have that problem with toothpaste. But keep in mind that there's usually something connected to what you ate at some point in the last 24 to 48 hours. Actually, it could be six, could be four hours to 48 hours that is causing some GI distress. And when I say GI distress, gas, bloating, upset stomach, diarrhea, sounds like a commercial for an over-the-counter the medication, which it is not, but those tend to be what come together. That's Real World Nutrition for today. I invite you to subscribe. I always say this, not subscribed. <laughs> follow. Subscribe is where you have to pay to get extra content. I don't have that up yet. And speaking of extra content, in the fall of 2020 for six weeks, there are special episodes dropping every Tuesday in addition to the regular Friday feed. I also invite you to come join me over on at Real World Nutrition, the Facebook group. I invite you to come to the register for the Eating is Not Cheating free webinar coming up in early December. And I am launching the Real World Nutrition membership site in early 2023. I invite you to come to that webinar or at least sign up for the newsletter on my website at ShellyRyle.com so you can be one of the first to learn about that opening of the Real World Nutrition membership site. All right, you take care. Bye for now.